0: I'd like to welcome Yael Olwen and uh, Talia Gritzman onto the show. Yael, Talia, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having
2: us. Thank you very much.
0: so I'm, I'm not sure who I'm talking to. i so I'm going to say your name first and then we'll go ahead. Um, I'm going to start off, um, with you, Yael. You, um, were, you were brought up in Cape Town. You are a B'nai Akiva person. You went to Israel. You studied and you decided to make Aliyah. And that was that. You've been living in Israel ever since. Um, an occupational therapist. Am I correct? Correct. So Yael, I mean, for everybody, the world just turned upside down last year. All of us, uh, Retracting into our homes, life just changing, but you really had such a double whammy because not long after that um, lockdown, you were diagnosed with breast cancer. Perhaps you can just um, fill us in. How, how, how did that unfold? Okay. So I'm just
1: going to start by saying, sorry about my voice. It doesn't usually sound like this. It's allergy season in Israel right now. You yeah. sound, <laughs> you sound quite sexy actually. No? It sounds wonderful. <laughs> Go ahead. Thanks um okay so yeah it's been quite a year I mean I think it starts exactly what you were saying in in, you know when the um, COVID-19 pandemic started in Israel we were all thinking it's not going to come to us it's not going to come to Israel it's summer soon it's gonna you know the heat will make the COVIDs go away whatever we thought and uh and over Purim we with friends we enjoyed ourselves and then the day the next day we were in lockdown uh kids at home My husband actually went into quarantine in another apartment by himself. I was with my three children alone. And that was the beginning of the COVID journey. So that was March. And then there was Pesach and we were still in lockdown. I went back to work for two weeks. I work all for special ed. Um, I'm an occupational therapist there. I went back to work and I was there and we were Zooming and it was weird, but okay. Two weeks later, my husband and I were talking one evening and he said, I feel something. What's going on? What is this? And I said, I don't know. I'm sure it's nothing. Usually we're the opposite. Usually I think of um, all the things that could go wrong. But yeah, so he, he said, let's go check it out. So I went to go check it out with my um, GP here in Israel. She's great. She's been helping me through this whole journey. And then I went for, diagnosis scans and tests and everything and it turned out a week later that it was um, invasive ductal carcinoma.
0: When you're diagnosed you're looking for connection, you're looking for support, you're looking for a team of people. What was that experience like and what was it like in Israel? Were doctors readily available? How, how did that unfold for you?
1: So I think in the beginning of the pandemic, um, especially when people weren't sure what was, you know, potting, a lot of clinics were closed. A lot of diagnostic clinics were closed. They weren't, um, I mean, obviously my surgery was um, essential, but they weren't doing, you know, no one was going to hospitals. No one was getting their checks because everyone was, you know, staying home, trying to stay safe. When you say, you know, making a connection with people, I have never felt so loved and so um, close to people and to the world even though I hardly saw like, you know, personal faces one-on-one. Mm, um, Obviously, I saw my doctors, they were all open, functioning. I could only go. They limited us to um, one person accompanying us to all doctors or chemo or, you know, all the treatments. Thank God for social media and uh, neighbors and everything. I still was able to be in contact with a lot of...
0: Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible that that's what you say. As you say, this technology has allowed us to connect. Look at us now. I mean, there you are in Israel. I'm... At my uh, in my home, and and we're able to do this. Um. So so yeah, you went for chemotherapy. You then had a single mastectomy. You then had radiotherapy with a lot of challenges along the way. With I know an infection, and you've got three children. Am I correct under the ages of, of, of under the age of three and a half. How did you manage your emotional state? I mean, you talk about you were connected, but how, how did that pan out for you when you're not feeling so great and you've got these young children needing your attention? Yeah.
1: yeah, so there's a lot to say about that. I mean, I really, it was, we've had three lockdowns in the past year. Each one of them was two weeks plus. The thing was that through COVID, everyone was supporting everyone. Um, But especially once I reached out to my friends um with my new cancer diagnosis, you know a whatsapp group was made called team l to like with a bunch of friends in South Africa and israel um all just wanting to help take care of kids um help me with my home, take care of my husband <laughs> um make meals everything just happens um, how have i you know how have i how have I got through this year emotionally? I can tell you that a lot of things have helped, um, with that as well. Um, I'm also very open about it. I think that the whole world needs to know that yes, you, you can be strong and you can fight through this, but it's also so hard. Um, and it's just nothing like you, you, and you know, you never think that you, like the world thought we never, you know, the, the corona, like COVID would never come to our country. So I never thought cancer would come to me. Um, cause you know, who does, but, Um, yeah, so, so with that, like, you know, all the help that I had, um, we were very lucky because my parents who live in Cape Town now, um, Alison and Howard Katz, if they came, they drove during the pandemic when flights weren't really happening, um, we got permission, they drove to Johannesburg from Cape Town, um, got through borders and everything. They flew all the way to Israel on a semi-cargo flight. Wow. Um, they quarantined for 14 days. Um, and then they were just fully, full-time, Sabah and safta, granny and grandpa, you know, working with the kids. My parents-in-law also um, came and they were both, they were, all four of them were here for months at a time. My parents in law, Vivian and Brian Olwen, who live in Johannesburg, yeah. they're also fleet. Um yes, yeah, so my parents in law came and they're also quarantined for 14 days and they were with us. We say there's pros and cons with everything. They had a, they made a good, really good relationship with my kids because they got to spend so much time with them. I wasn't feeling so well and I've been very sensitive about the guilt of a, as a parent and as a wife and, yeah. but really just, the parents and the siblings and siblings in law and my friends you know from people who like spent nights with me and days with me in the host- the meals and the care and the and the gift baskets that everyone had um tally raised money in my name people dove in for me um i've had a lot of um help also in the hospital, um, in the oncology department for breast cancer for young women, there is actually a specific department for that. Um, I started in Sharit Sedeq Hospital and I met with a psychologist there called Michal Brown. Um, and she's actually also been accompanying me throughout my journey. Um, wow. Through the Israeli medical system, it was totally free. and And I've had, yeah that in the emotional side has been really important.
0: A huge supportive, um, system that you've got there. Oh, how blessed and how fortunate you are. So let me, let me bring on Talia, who, as you said, um, decided to raise some funds and I know she cut her hair and she did incredible things and I I think it's a it's a wonderful story to share so Talia hello hello and welcome hello hi thank you so much for having us listen Talia I think you are fantastic I mean it was in what November last year that you decided to cut your hair you made contact with the DL link tell us tell us you know what what that was like you heard that your ale had cancer this is a friend of yours from long ago You've shared one another's lives for a long time. Tell our audience a little bit more.
2: um So last year, um, I was expecting twins, and I think I was about thirty-three weeks pregnant. And I, um, I, I remember something had happened with my phone. I was in between phones, and I got a message from Yael um, to let me know that she'd been diagnosed with cancer. And and I remember I was saying this to Yael the other night that I just couldn't process it, and I. And then I swapped my phone back, and I didn't have that original message. And I came home to my husband, and I said, Yael has cancer. And he had a word, Yael who? And when I said, Yael cancer. And it took me the longest time to process that this good friend of mine um, was going through this during COVID, where the whole world was upside down, like you've already mentioned. Um, And I was all these miles away, and I just I felt helpless. It was, you know, we've got an amazing group of friends in Israel who are, I'm so grateful that it had been absolutely incredible to Yale. And I felt here I was in South Africa and I just couldn't do anything. And and when I thought about what I could do and I've been wanting to donate my hair for years, it just felt right to do it in the name of the complete referral for Yale. And I wanted to partner the DL link and just use it um, to raise money for them. And that any sedaka that was given, should be in the complete merit of Yael Khanna Viva and that she should just keep going from strength to strength and and just be well and healthy. So I'm just glad that I was able to do something in a small way and just give back to a friend who's given so much to me over all the years. But on the line, Yael
0: Olwen all the way from Jerusalem. I have Talia Gritzman from here in <laughs> South Africa. Um, Yael and Talia have been sharing their stories, Yael, how she was diagnosed a year ago, as COVID started with breast cancer, but even within the lockdown, she never felt alone or disconnected. So we're talking about the power of connection and love and family and friends. Um, and this is where Talia comes in because um, Talia and Yael have been friendly for many, many years. And Talia decided to do something, to be in action, not to just stand by hopelessly and helplessly. Um, and so she decided to raise funds in the name of Yael and uh, she had her hair. So, so tell you, was it, was it a lot of hair that you had cut off and how did you go about raising the funds?
2: Um, so I cut off 30 centimeters of my hair. Um, Jeez, that's that's a lot. It's quite short. My husband's not a fan. Um, so once I made contact with the DL link, um, I just posted on several of my social media platforms um, and I sent it to family and friends overseas, friends of mine and your elves and um, yeah I just through all those different networks and um, we managed to raise um, I think just over 17,000 rand um, and please God the DL Link will be able to use that to support other m- members of their community who are going through this cancer journey and um, so just a really big thank you to everybody who donated um, from all corners of the world we're just really grateful and just so happy to have had this opportunity to work with DL Link and, and for Yael for giving me this opportunity to do this in her name
0: just a beautiful story. Um, uh, tell you that your hair. Did you then also donate your hair to have um, a wig made?
2: Yes, um, I think the DL Link have given it to an organisation here called A Few Grey Hairs, and and they harvest hair or make wigs from it. So, and they're now following up with that part of the process. They said, "I think I'll let me know yeah. how it goes or what gets done with it." But yes, I've handed it over.
0: If <laughs> if you've, you've, you've handed it over, that's beautiful. And for you, Yael, to you said you never felt disconnected. You said you were always held and loved. And to know that this is what your friend did, how did that make you feel?
1: It made me feel really touched. I mean, you know, I miss I miss my friends who are far. I miss Talia, as you said. You know, we've known each other for a long time, and it's definitely not. It's not nice to be the center of attention for, you know, for things like this. And it's not nice to make yourself a banner. But at the same time, if it creates more awareness and if it creates, you know, dialogue and talking and people going for earlier check, you know, do it. Also, the money and and the hair is going to help so many people in so many ways, all different ways. Um and I just I'm really, really honored to be a part of it.
0: Well, yeah, Elle, yeah, it can't be easy coming onto the radio and talking about such a, a personal story. But as you say, you know, you share your story and there are so many people who are listening who are on that same journey who are experiencing the same thing, those that are listening and connecting with you on other levels. So we really appreciate it. We really do appreciate that you've taken the time to, to share your story with us. Um, thank you so much. How, how are you feeling now? How, what's, what's the road ahead?
1: I'm feeling positive. I've started uh, hormonal therapy now for the next five years at least. So there's a few side effects that are not so wonderful, but I'm definitely taking advantage of all holistic pre- treatments and thing that really helps because I think this process also teaches you how to accept help and ask for it look for it I'm not working I'm not back at work yet please god I'll go back soon um, in the right capacity and We'll see what, what happens.
0: Thank you so much, Al. We wish you all the best um, and good health. Um, and thank you. Once again, thanks so much. And Talia, hey. thank you for your amazing um, contribution and uh, also for inspiring those who are listening. Terrible to have to stand by and watch. And when you can actively do something, how incredible. Everyone benefits. So thank you so much. Al, Olwyn, and Talia Gritzman, thank you.